though. Yeah, we got. <laughs> welcome to the first episode. Hello, and welcome to the first ever long-form episode of The Helm with Schwartz Tutoring. My name is Jethro Castillo. I'm Jared Brown. Welcome. Today we have the CEO of Schwartz Tutoring, Jacob Schwartz, with us. Um, ironic, I know, because Schwartz Tutoring sponsors the podcast. We definitely did not take a hefty bribe to make this happen. But uh, Welcome, Jake. How's everything going? It's going pretty well. I fully intend to drop 30-second ads just in the middle of this. So kind of Absolutely. robbing Peter yeah, to we'll pay just... Paul to, to get we'll, it to work. We'll just stop mid-sentence and just start running our own verbal ads. How does that <laughs> That sounds great. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> So, so, so for the next five minutes, for the next five minutes, we should all just sit here and open and close our mouth just a bunch <laughs> so that it would look like we are just doing the ad live. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We're not no. actually going to do it. But. No, probably see the listenership go woo and fall off a cliff. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm not watching this. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we wanted to have Jake on as the first guest, obviously, because it's <laughs> there's part of the reason that Schwartz Tutor sponsors the podcast. But also we wanted to start the discussion with entrepreneurship, what it looks like, you know, what are some of the glamours of it? What are some of the things you don't see? What's the experience actually like of growing out a company? Um, Jay, I've been working with Jake, so I'm actually the CFO of Schwartz Tutoring and we're coming up on our five year anniversary. Um, you know, Jake has done an excellent job of, of basically starting the business from scratch. So Jake, why don't you start by just telling us a little bit about your background, your story, how the company started, and then we'll start the conversation from there. Yep, it's a classic hero origin story. Uh, back when I was a sophomore <laughs> in high school, my AP stats teacher noticed when people were struggling with the material, instead of going to her, they would kind of congregate around my desk, and I would be the one pretty much teaching the class statistics. So when another student <laughs> in a different class period asked that teacher if she knew anyone who tutored, she gave that person my information without mm -hmm. knowing if I did or not. So. Out of nowhere, I get a text on my phone from someone asking me to show up at their house and teach them some geometry, and I decided to give it a shot. And I pretty quickly realized that tutoring was something that I enjoyed doing, something I could help people doing, something I could make pretty good money doing. And I figured, you know, what more could I really want from a job than that? So going into my junior mm -hmm. year of high school, I had two goals. One was to make the high school varsity basketball team. The other was to grow my tutoring clientele. And as a 5'11 power forward, I was the 14th guy in a team that took 12. So I was cut from the basketball team. Had a lot more free time dedicated to tutoring, so worked with about uh, 30 students that junior year of high school, kind of driving all over my town, and it was, it was a really good experience for me. Um, did that all throughout high school, through freshman year of college, um, a lot of just informal me tutoring independently. Um, I'd help guys in the dorm out just as a way to be outgoing and friendly. Uh, so... It was all just things that I was doing by myself, and then between first and second year of college, I'd interned it into it on the QuickBooks side of things. And so mm -hmm. QuickBooks, we, we actually use QuickBooks through to this day in our company, so uh, maybe they should pay us for ad money too. Let's go. Um, <laughs> yeah, so they had a great culture of promoting small businesses, and so that inspired me to start one of my own. So coming back in August 2017, uh, we officially incorporated the world's first tutoring company, which there was a misspelling on our documents. Yeah. No. And so it wasn't, no. I saw it, like we used a company called that. Oh, wait, wait, we won't give them any, even, yeah, we won't yeah, give no, them any no, free no. ad. But we used, we used an incompetent company um, for like <laughs> filing the business procedures. And I, they give us like this nice leather binder and I'm like, oh, this is pretty cool. And I look and I see it says, 
Jacob Schwartz turdering LLC, and my eyes get all wide. Like, I'm furious. And the only question is that who? Is it at me or is it at this company? So I go and I look and I see that they had did it incorrectly. And so I was like, okay, that's not that bad. So I call them up and tell them, uh, hey, you guys had a typo here and ask for uh, a little bit of a reduction of the fee and to have it processed. So we got some money back, which, which was good. Um, but yeah, after starting the world's first tutoring company, about 10 days <laughs> later, we started the world's 10,000th tutoring company. Uh, and just kind of hit the ground running from there. So by the end of the first year, we're up to eight tutors. By the end of the second year, the business had doubled in size again to around 16 tutors. By fall 2019, I think we're up to around two dozen tutors. And then spring of 2020, everything was going pretty well. COVID hit, everything gets shut down. And um, the university where the majority of our revenue comes from is Miami University. And they had implemented a policy where they let students take any class they wanted, credit, no credit, which I think was a good, fair, beneficial policy to the students, but did diminish the incentive uh, to get a private tutor. So 2020 was a little bit of a down year for us. By spring of 2021, we were back to where we were roughly in fall 2019. Um, and then by fall 2021, the business doubled again from that. So we've kind of carried that momentum forward um, and are looking to continue to expand, maintain our strong ties within the Oxford community, um, but then branch out to work with more schools and districts. So that's a little bit about Absolutely. where we've been. Where okay. We I have two okay. comments and then a, a follow-up okay. question. The first is that, you know, classic yeah. hero origin story, <laughs> starting in AP yeah. stats class. I know Superman, I think Superman started in his statistics <laughs> class sophomore yeah, year. I think Spider-Man did too. Stats too. <laughs> wild, wild. And then the second thing is, is the basketball team that he was the 13th member on, uh, as a 5'11 center. Also as the 14th guy. I, I was power the, forward. Yeah. 14th. I was the, as a 5'3 point guard, I was the 16th person. I was the 16th player of the team that took 12. So I wasn't even on the, I wasn't you, even on the team. Did you try out? <laughs> I tried out sophomore yeah. and junior year. Not senior year. Senior year, I was like, I'm done. And I blamed it on right, politics. Five, three. But really, but really what it was is, is just my gym. My gym. So it, I mean, it, was, it was more of that. So that was good. And what was the question? But yeah. yeah. The question was, is you, said, you mentioned that, uh, you know, the Oxford community. And I know that primarily a lot of these listeners will be from the Oxford community. But I want people to know that we don't no. sound British. So <laughs> what... What Oxford are we referring to and why, you know, why this, why this? So we're talking about Miami University, which is in Oxford, Ohio. So it's kind of two misnomers in one. So Miami, (laughs) Florida is the University of Miami. Miami, Ohio is Miami University. So we're talking about the one in Ohio. And then the town, like the township, whatever it's called, Oxford. So... I like to tell people I'm Oxford educated and then they're like, oh wow, that's really just <laughs> like school <laughs> <laughs> in all seriousness, it was uh, a good positive experience I had when I was there. And um, you know, it was really beneficial, you know, community where the people there kind of supported me, wanted to be tutors for our company, uh, and the students were receptive to, you know, working with their fellow students in a one on one setting. So I think it was you know, great market for us to be in. I'm glad that, you know, as a college student, I was able to build a company along with Jared and a few others that was at the time run by college students, staffed by college students for college students. So it really does show 
you know, what you can do if you put your mind to a problem and try to tackle it with ambition. Right. And so I'll kind of lead the conversation in this direction because, you know, we're hoping our listeners are really getting perspective into certain things they should do or try out. Right. And this was kind of a, you know, a, th- a thing where you, you had skill at tutoring, right? You had this ability to tutor other people and understand the concepts translated for other students. And it kind of became a business idea, idea for you. What was the spark that was like, Hey, I can grow this out, start hiring people as tutors and then build a platform basically where, where people can find tutors that they need. What was kind of the aha moment? Because it's one thing for you to, and I mean, you could bill at a high rate, right? You could bill at a really high rate for specialized classes, do it on your own, make a decent living that way. Plenty of people do. Why take the next step and start a company? What was the thought process there? Well, the initial seed for that was actually late in high school where I was getting a lot of clients and I would always try to, you know, drive across town to make it to them. But there was one day where I just had like five students lined up from like three to four, four thirty to five thirty, six mm-hmm. to seven, eight to nine, and then like nine thirty, ten thirty. I was like, I can't do any more. Um, and then a sixth student wanted a session who I'd been working with consistently. I was like, I just can't today. But I'm gonna hit up one of my friends, uh, Noah Yan, and see if he'll mm-hmm. do it. And so that student, I was charging him thirty. He was actually neighbors with Noah, so it worked out great. He had like a one-minute commute to go to the guy's house, and <laughs> I paid Noah twenty, and I, you know, collected ten off that. So total for the day, I made one sixty. But I was like, I had to work for the that hundred fifty, but ten I just earned for kind of setting that up. It's like, well, I like that a lot more, um, and so that was kind of in the back of my head until mm-hmm. nineteen, and I decided. You know, but there's no reason I can't do that more broadly. Um, the thought right. process was I, there's a limit to how much I could do. It's about if, if I was in school, probably four to five hours of tutoring a day. If I'm not, I guess I could put in a full work day and do eight hours of tutoring, which I, I have done. It's not the end of the world, but it's also there's pretty finite limits there. And if I want the impact mm-hmm. to scale broadly beyond that, it becomes necessary to build the team out. Right. Absolutely. So was it something when you're starting the business is what's the underlying problem you're trying to address? Or should I say, you know, what, what, what were you trying to solve at first? Like it it was obviously just something you had a talent for and you kind of rolled into it, but now there's, you started to see problems and, and opportunities. So talk us through the decisions you've made with the business why you chose to do it the way you have. And and talk us through the business model a little more because I don't think we've given enough insight there. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, the the school has existing resources for students. A lot of people would say, well, why would you start a tutoring company if the school has an existing tutoring service? Um, And like a a lot of public goods, there's room for private companionship as well. Like the, the school has a gym like they have a rec center, but there was a private gym that was off campus that people paid more to go to because it was a little bit more of a private, luxurious experience than the madhouse mm-hmm. of 16,000 college students all at a gym. So I was thinking to do something <laughs> similar for tutoring where if a student wants a one-on-one session with someone who's guaranteed to be an expert at it at a time and place that's convenient for them, uh, there weren't really many options for them before we started mm-hmm. at Miami. So 
that was really what our company was addressing. I was able to see, you know, the value of me working with students individually of teaching them not just the specific content for that class, but more broadly giving mm-hmm. them problem-solving skills that they could apply to any future class. Um, and I knew that I was not mm-hmm. the only person who had the ability to do that, and that there were plenty of other high-performing students that if we could add them to the team, we could build out an offering where new college students who maybe have a tough time adjusting to the rigors of college compared to, to high school mm-hmm. would have kind of the ultimate study buddy, where it's someone who knows all the material, uh, has some of that same lived life experience, where they're a year or two, right. it's not like a, a octogenarian professor telling them to study harder and like having these weird right. formatted stuff. It was understandable to the students because it's essentially their peers teaching it to them in a way that makes sense one-on-one at the pace that makes sense. Because a lot of people are intimidated to ask questions, really fully explore ideas because they don't want to be Know, seen as stupid by their peers but in the tutoring sessions we've able to make like a very safe nurturing environment for the student mm-hmm. and in that environment your academics um, can really flourish so that's absolutely that's yeah it's it's something that you know we should i i wish you know i learned at a younger age that it is a part of learning one of the greatest parts of learning is being wrong mm-hmm. because it means that you are thinking and uh, if you're wrong, then you'll figure out a way to make mm-hmm. it right. Um, and I think I remember in high school, I'd always have social anxiety whenever there were like cold calls going around because <laughs> I didn't want to be wrong. And mm-hmm. I, I, you know, working with Schwartz and, and seeing how, 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 you know, tutoring is conducted and this sort of personalized education, realizing that not only is it okay to be yeah. wrong, it's good to be wrong. And I, and it was just a really cool, it's a really cool sort of thing that is right. being cultivated. Right. Um, I have a question for you on, I guess, similar to that line of, you know, that realization for me. Um, what were some realizations for you uh, starting a company of your own? you know, in comparison to a traditional sort of lifestyle, mm-hmm. which was, you know, graduating from college, make, yeah. you know, getting that full-time job, you know, what, what it, it can sound romantic sometimes to be the CEO yeah. of your own company. So what parts of it are romantic and what parts of it are like, oh no, this is, yeah, this is not <laughs> what people talk about a lot. Well, it's, yeah, there's, there's a pros and cons to it. I mean, it's not really that glamorous on the day to day. Like I'm not, you know, taking jets or riding in boats, going all over the world quite yet. Um, it's very, very basic life that I'm living. Like I go to the library, I go to the grocery store, and I'll go to the gym. And then I kind of limit the scope of, of what I'm doing to those basic things and working on the company. So, you know, the day-to-day is not super fun. It's not like overly enjoyable. It's it's not miserable either, just pretty pretty mm-hmm. neutral experience. Um, mm-hmm. When I do just take a step back from it and decide to reflect on just the overall life choices, uh, I'm, I'm content with it because, you know, I've talked to a lot of the people that I know growing up, um, the vast majority of them are working full-time. And a couple, a couple that mm-hmm. do have like side hustle businesses are also working full time, which is a great, you know, great strategy if you're not ready to, to dive all the way in yet. Um, mm-hmm. But it's an incentive problem, really, is 
they are incentivized to do as little work as possible to not get fired, and the employer is incentivized to pay them as little as possible uh, and not lose them. So <laughs> I don't really want to have a situation where the incentives would lead me to not producing um, the full amount of output that I think I can deliver to the world. And so mm-hmm. starting a business is really the only way to be fairly rewarded for making a big impact that benefits humanity. Because you can be fairly rewarded for plugging yourself into a large corporation and a lucrative role. Mm-hmm. You can make a big impact going to work for a nonprofit um, or being a teacher. And it's like, it, it sucks that those two things seem like they're kind of juxtaposed with one another. Uh, it's mm-hmm. really, really difficult to have both. I've always mm-hmm. been a guy that's kind of wanted to have it all. And so the only way to do that is to really, you know, go through the pretty mediocre beginning stages of it to what will hopefully be a long lasting um, business that can go mm-hmm. on for decades. So Absolutely. I don't, I don't know if that really answered the question, but it's. Uh, I. No, I think I think to hear the idea that, you know, in that everyday day to day sort of thing, it, it, it can be pretty unluxurious, mm-hmm. unglamorous, pretty mundane. But, you know, having that decent amount mm-hmm. of stress because it's a, you know, a completely different lifestyle. But what is what are some of like those those moments where you go, this is why yeah. I'm doing what I'm doing and, and the, the things that really make yeah, it gratifying? That's a good you. question. And the first one that jumps off um, is directly doing the sessions when you kind of give someone a really great explanation and they have that light bulb moment where their eyes light up, where they can see that the concept (laughs) connects. It's like, Oh, it's never been explained to me that way before. Like now it makes perfect sense. Um, that's one of them. That's really what started the business was trying to scale that feeling that I was able to provide to others. So when I get like feedback from students or parents of students of people I've never worked with personally, um, and they're telling me how awesome of a job their tutor did, how much they love their tutor. That is equally, if not, you know, more satisfying than me doing it myself. So mm-hmm. it, it all kind of comes back to you know, people's cognitive process and not having it disrupted, not having people feel like they're not smart, capable enough to figure something out, um, mm-hmm. giving people self-belief in their own mental abilities by you know, really just listening to them, mm-hmm. hearing where they're struggling and kind of trying to cultivate an explanation that resonates with them that mm-hmm. I don't have to personally do like that. The tutors can be trained to provide that level of service and impact. Um, mm-hmm. That's, that's been awesome. So yeah, whenever I get, get feedback like that, it seems to make it all worth it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, and I bet. Something Jethro and I had talked about was just, you know, the importance of getting different different experiences while you're younger, trying different things out, you know, getting outside of that comfort zone. And I think a lot of people early in life have themselves locked into one career path because it was aggrandized or it made a lot of sense. You know, it's seen as successful by society. And, uh, you know, sometimes you have opportunities right in front of your face that that you can pass up on. It sounds like you did a really good job of seizing the opportunity, realizing this, this tutoring thing can really go somewhere, but it's, it's a long process. And the day-to-day isn't always very glamorous, right? It's a slow, it's the way I would describe building a business is like, it's like getting in shape, right? Or building a business, learning a skill. I think a lot of people 
young people get intimidated by these things because of life experience or just the way we perceive things. And I don't know that schools do the best job, not to knock on schools because schools do a lot of great things, but I don't know if schools do the best job in making people feel comfortable about being wrong, right? Or, or comfortable with failure. I think yeah. failure is almost a good thing because it's, you know, you have to keep testing your limit, getting better or better. I always compare it to getting in shape because it's, it's like, you know, if you go to the gym and work out hard for a week, come back, you won't really see any visible results. But if you do that for six months consistently compared to when you started, then you start to see, oh yeah, I've, I've made some good progress. And then it goes on for a year. So it's a similar thing of, um, it could really be anything in life, right? It's a long <coughs> process. You have to be consistent. You have to put forth effort. Um, you know, what, what would you say, like, for what you're seeing with younger people and, and some people you're working with students, right? Just, uh, you know, being able to see people with talent, but not always knowing how to apply that talent or not always knowing even the way they learn best. What What are some trends you're seeing or what are some thoughts you have on that with, with just yeah. the effort it takes to build a business? Well, I think failure is a good one to talk mm -hmm. about. And sometimes during sessions, if I'm doing uh, a pretty hard math question, I'm not 100% mm -hmm. sure how to solve it. We'll mm -hmm. go down a route, we'll reach a dead end, and I'll be like, well, this isn't how we do it. I'm glad we figured out that you know, this is part of math. As you try something, it doesn't always work. And you see, even I don't have all the answers 100% of the time, um, but here's something else we could try. And so, you know, it's a good way for me to kind of play off my own ignorance to some extent as I'm trying to frankly figure out what the heck's going on in this math problem. But yeah, it's yeah. true. Exactly. Uh, like me, who's supposed to be the, the quote unquote expert in this topic, um, can still struggle with it if there are these questions that I haven't seen before. Um, and the key is to not give up on it, because if I spend enough time with it, I'm inevitably will able to crack it. Um, and so mm -hmm. not having everything just pre-scripted out, I already know what the answer is going to be, that works really well. Um, I think a lot of times the content mm -hmm. in schools is kind of, it's all been scripted out. The teacher knows exactly the steps that are going to follow. And so they might not be challenging themselves to figure stuff out in the moment. Right. So it's tough for the students to kind of kind of do that as well. Uh, but from mm -hmm. a business perspective, I mean, there's a whole lot of failures that we could talk about. Uh, any any particular ones yeah. you want to go into? We, we've had a lot, I guess, uh, <laughs> campus managers. We want to talk about those or expansion to other colleges that mm -hmm. hasn't fully taken off yet. Uh, yeah. That would be something where... One year in, after hiring like eight tutors and you know just cracking five figures of revenue, we were like, "All right, we're ready. It's time for nationwide expansion." <laughs> so we had ridiculous <laughs> levels of confidence that was bordering mm -hmm. on arrogance, and then that kind of we got knocked back into place when every campus expansion that we attempted uh, didn't mm -hmm. really succeed, and so we're still mm -hmm. you know, still working on figure that one out. Mm -hmm. And there's yeah. not, you go ahead. I mean, go yeah. Ahead. Yeah, no, I just wanted to say that I, I, I really appreciate the kind of transparency of going, yeah, I'm here talking about mm -hmm. my own startup company, my own business and stuff. And honestly, it's still challenging <laughs> right now. Um, and to hear that and, and to know that uh, the reason why we're doing this podcast is because we're desperate. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah. But just, just the realization that, 
you know, for somebody to embark on a journey of entrepreneurship might, it does sound amazing because you, you, you see all the really successful entrepreneurs, CEOs, you know, who are millionaire, billionaire, yeah. trillionaires, just doing whatever they want to do, you know, kind of thing. Um, but, you know, think about any small business, uh, think about any artist, think about any creative person who's starting their own thing. They're all entrepreneurs <laughs> because they're doing their own thing and they're starting their own thing. And, yeah. and, and, and it can be a very difficult lifestyle in the beginning. So I just appreciate the, yeah. the transparency and, there. Um, Jared, last, what's your last thought? And then we'll, then Jacob will have a last course, thought. Yeah. And I think it's about time to good closing. Yeah, what, what's the, the life and career Space. advice you have for, for young people listening to this podcast, right? Whether they want to get into yeah. entrepreneurship or not, what would you tell people about figuring out what they want in life and how to, how to approach it in a way where it won't harm their future or will set them, set them up for success? Well, I think, how do I sound, how do <laughs> I sound like short? The fact that he was well. looking and he just went, <laughs> the pause. <laughs> so what advice do you have for the young people out there? Yeah, Nothing. there's no advice. There's no <laughs> I don't advice, want to answer guys. that question. Nobody knows what they're doing. <laughs> I think that's important to note that nobody knows what they're doing. Like, I thought, I thought when yeah. you get a certain age or experience level, everything just clicked. And it's like, no, people still make mistakes at the highest level of, like, pro athletes, pro basketball players miss shots. Pro tennis yeah, players yeah, yeah, yeah. on their serves. We were just we were just cracking up, Jacob, because he was like, Jacob, what advice yeah. do you have for young people? <laughs> and you literally left. Frozen. And yeah. it was just everyone's like, got to oh. get it on their own. <laughs> what are you looking at me Jacob for? Jacob has no <laughs> advice for anybody. <laughs> no, yeah, what? Yeah, you're like, you want me to? Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's the advice. Secret. <laughs> <laughs> this was like the time what? where Jared and I were, <laughs> we were interviewing uh, Savannah. We were All right, Jacob, what? 2019 going to 2020, and we were in the same place. But we didn't want to make it look like we were in the same place. So we had one laptop that was doing all of the audio. The other one was muted and, like, silenced <laughs> or whatever. But we were going 90 degrees. Like, I was at one corner of the table, and Jared was at the other. And, like, there were different backgrounds, so it looked like we were in different places. Mm -hmm. And then Jared's brother, he was there also. And he gets up, and he walks behind Jared. And then he comes, and he's like, pops off the screen for, like, two seconds. And then he walks behind me. <laughs> it's one of the funniest things that ever happened. Uh... Yeah, that was so. Yeah, we were playing. I don't even. I don't know. Why were we playing? I don't anymore? know why we thought. <laughs> I guess we were just trying to come off professional. Yeah, we thought that's, we were slick. That's the best part. We thought we were slick. It. It's like it's like you tried so. <laughs> I saw it to hide something you didn't even need to hide. Right, how and you didn't even hide it. And no, things I mean, like, like that, where we just hurt. you know, we always took our work seriously, but we didn't. We don't take ourselves that seriously. So it was earlier in the business. There was just stuff that. Sometimes we don't have streamlined or professional processes set in place because we're, we're so laid back about everything. Wait. And it would, I, don't, I mean, it might rub kids it's the wrong way. You, I don't know. Everything's unbelievably late. What's the piece of advice you would give to... All right. Uh, we say young people, but we're right. young too, so we're but giving it to ourselves. Yeah. Also, what, what piece of advice right from your life? How do they? How do you really figure life? out? Which one yeah. There's so many options, and you have to. It's hard, right? Because you're looking up Mount Everest. It's like. You have to pick something and stick with it for a really long time to be good at it and get paid to do it. And, you know, for young people looking up that Mount Everest, it's like, yeah. how do I know what to pick if I don't have the experience? What if I pick the wrong thing and I don't like it? <laughs> yeah, Jacob, give us yeah. <laughs> give us your answer because well, you're apparently the yeah, sage at the top of Mount Everest. I mean, you got you it. You got it. I, I'm kind of view it as a uh, machine learning problem where 
when a model is trying to optimize, what it does, it starts with just a local solution. Is it's like, what would be the best direction to go from where I'm currently at? So you kind of do take stock mm-hmm. of your life, say what are the attributes that I have that make me unique? Mm-hmm. Um, what tools do I have at my disposal? Who do I have in my network? And you just kind of assess where you are and try to do the single best thing from where you are going forward. And if you miss and you go a slightly wrong direction, well, then you're just in a slightly different spot. Mm-hmm. And if you do that again, you try to take the, just a small mm-hmm. step uh, in the right direction. So you don't need to worry about climbing mm-hmm. Everest. Uh, you do need to worry about getting caught at a local optimum a little bit. So if you're only thinking about like a narrow path <laughs> nearby you, um, oh my you can God, get like, stuck at something that's pretty good, like, but not as good as mm-hmm. it could be. So... You know, you can just Man, be willing to, to risk it all and not try to have loss aversion because, you know, at, at a certain point, you, you're you never going to do something if all you do is talk about doing it. Like, you have to just do it and just try it. And mm-hmm. if you fail and you fall flat on your face and you lose a lot of money um, and you embarrass yourself in the company, eh, you know, oh, well, like, at least you tried. So... Yeah, yeah. I think you got to have a really, get, really healthy relationship with failure. I think no matter yeah. what you choose to do, because mm-hmm. I, failure is a sign of effort. Really, yeah. I don't know that that's talked about enough. And people are afraid to miss problems on tests, and and it's that fear actually causes worse performance than if you were just relaxed and like I'm going to figure this out, yeah. not worried about failing. <laughs> like truly, I've experienced it. I'm much better at solving problems or performing in any aspect of my life when I'm not worried about messing up. I'm just like, I'm going to do it. If you mess up, it's like, okay, I messed up. And then, okay, what can I correct there? I mean, have you ever, have you ever seen Charles Barkley try to play golf? (laughs) That swing. That that bro is, that bro is stuck in his head. That swing, yeah, that needs some sports psychology, Um, doesn't it? (laughs) But, yeah, anyways, uh, that's our time. Thank you so much. (laughs) Jacob for coming on. Clearly, we could have more conversations, mm-hmm. and I anticipate that yeah. we will, um, because you are <laughs> sponsoring this podcast. So yeah, you know, it makes sense. No, but um, it, it, I would say Jacob is a is an inspiration mm-hmm. to me at least um, to to say to say yes to 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 yourself almost, and to say I can I want to do something. Oh, yeah. I'm going to do it. Um, but but at the same time, having that realistic practicum and going i'm not going to mm-hmm. be at the top of mount everest in the next year mm-hmm. but i'm on the journey and i will enjoy the journey and focus on these little paths that mm-hmm. might lead me to the top of mount everest but it also might lead me somewhere completely mm-hmm. differently but i can only start here and i've always really loved that um and so thank you for sharing your your time your energy your effort uh in this past mm-hmm hour um and just sharing a little bit of your life um i got something out of it and i hope you guys listening slash watching get something out of it too um jared any last any no last i mean we could talk all day this? right but um we'll take suggestions for you know different professions or paths that people want to see we could get really interesting with it we can bring people who dj on we can be, bring people in medical school we can bring people who are doctors yeah. we can bring in business executives we could go any direction and, and give you some some mm-hmm. color on any field or any direction right this is one very particular instance 
of entrepreneurship, but there are several different forms of entrepreneurship. So any way we can give, you know, our audience insight, you know, we want the audience to be able to guide the discussion and then we'll, we'll go from there, get the insight and, and have some fun along the way. And, uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you guys all for tuning in and listening to us uh, be fools for about 30, 40 minutes, and we will see you guys.